This is Iron Mike Stedman, and I want to thank you for listening to my show, Dog Whistle Branding. Today on DWB, I'm joined by Juan Pablo Osario, a fellow devil dog and bootstrap entrepreneur who runs Alpha Company Marketing and Media, a Houston-based marketing agency that's the category king of bilingual digital marketing. I met Juan last month while attending an event with Bunker Labs down in Austin, Texas, and the two of us immediately hit it off. Like me, Juan built his agency from the ground up, designed his own marketing category, and established himself as the category king, resulting in Alpha Company securing one of their biggest clients yet, Pepsi Cola. Juan breaks down the importance of having a sales process that complements your marketing efforts and how he's managed to grow his agency and consistently maintain a full pipeline. If you listen to this episode and don't walk away with the ability to double or even triple your revenue in the next three to six months, you weren't listening hard enough, and I need you to go back and listen again. I'm telling you, Juan is the real deal, so make sure you're paying attention. All right, Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Juan, welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon. What's going on, my brother? Going well, well. Uh, so uh, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with we got you. Two, we got two devil dogs on the platform today, man. Watch out now. You know, <laughs> me and Juan were hanging out down in uh, Austin, Texas, because we had this uh, Bunker Labs ambassador fly in. And, you know, I host the transition podcast for Bunker Labs. So it was great to go out, go down there, get some content in person but also just fellowship with my tribe. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, it's always needed. I'm, I'm one that I really appreciate connecting with other veteran entrepreneurs as well. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring Juan on the platform today is one, I like him, so getting to hang out with him. And the other thing is Juan's company specializes in bilingual digital marketing. And it's like, damn, I never really thought of that. But even me as like a podcast agency owner, you start to see all these other opportunities. So what if a client does come to us and says, oh, we need, you know, do you offer bilingual podcasting? Or are a lot of business owners even thinking about like in this global economy, all these different verticals that are available to them. But it's like not something you can do alone. You know, it doesn't make any sense to, to be the to try to figure everything out. This is where you bring guys like you in, you know, to collab and partner and really just kind of, you know, drive revenue in these new markets. So I thought it'd be cool to get you on to talk about that. But first, man, I would love you just to introduce yourself to our, our listeners today. Yes. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for making the time. A um, little bit about me, Juan Pablo Osorio. I'm a veteran, Marine Corps veteran who turned to business. Uh, once I left the Marine Corps, I had to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And luckily, I found the world of digital marketing. And uh, I was, I saw like ahead of time, like there was a, an industry happening. There was a lot of agencies growing. It was an opportunity for me. Uh, but once I got into that is how, how am I going to be different than any other digital marketing agency? And just going back to my roots as an immigrant, I'm from Colombia. And I came here at, at, at sixth grade when I was in sixth grade. I realized that uh, Houston, the city I live in, is made up of 44% Spanish speakers. New York, New Jersey, they have numbers like that. California, Florida. So that's when I thought about the bilingual part of digital marketing. What makes me different or what differentiates my agency 
is that uh, we are able to provide uh, services in both English and Spanish, driving traffic, uh, having being there for your clients. Uh, you'll be surprised how much uh, spending uh, Spanish speakers have on the main markets in the U.S. You know, I got to give you an A++ in dog whistle, Brandon, because bilingual digital marketing. I mean, God dang, bro. You know, that's spot on. And one of the things we talk about on this platform a lot is I'm trying to get my audience to understand the importance of having a market first mentality, i.e. is there an opportunity here? So for you, you being from the culture, you're like, hey, man, people are spending money on stuff, right? You got all these distant small businesses popping up, right? I feel like I can carve out a, a niche in this space and then not only carve it out, but really just like owning it. Yes, yes. I, uh, I, we, there was a point where I learned about the blue ocean and red ocean, and I saw the blue ocean and I uh, validated it with one client. Uh, I had a, a lawyer client here in Houston who told me, you know, I, I, he, even though he's not Hispanic, he grew up in a Hispanic area. He said, I don't, even, I don't even want my website in English. I want only Spanish speaking clients because I want to serve that community. And if you type right now on your phone, Abogado in Houston, which is lawyer in Houston, I can show you that my client is in the top results. And we've been there for about over like three, four years. It's a partner we've had almost four years now. And we've dominated a Spanish SEO here in Houston for him and other clients like him. And it's people are searching in Spanish too. Native speakers search for products and services in the Spanish language, just as they do in English. And if all you focus on is English, you're competing in a red ocean. But if you're able to step in and put some of your marketing dollars to, if you have Hispanic speaking prospects or clients, you will be surprised that how lower the cost per conversion is on the Spanish side, as opposed to the English side, as far as SEO and, and all digital marketing. Why do you think that is? Uh, because not as many people are competing in Spanish. If, if I have 10 agencies and all of them speak English and there's only one that's doing the Spanish, then there's nine budgets that are going for English keywords and just a few that are dominating the, the, the Spanish. Um, we've learned, like you said, it's it's not something everybody's offering. Uh, I We learned that and we validated it. We went into the market and we realized, okay, we can compete in this market. We can actually make changes, impact, not only for us, but also for our businesses. Most of my businesses that are have been with me, most of my clients have stayed with us year to year. We have over 90% retention rate. Love that, man. I love hearing that. I got to do a whole episode on the loyalty gap about how do you maintain, you know, client loyalty and trust, um, you know, by... You know, like having a podcast is a great way to do it. Reaching out, keeping people engaged, sending them swag every quarter, sending them gift cards. You know, all the stuff that like all the old timers did back in the day. Yes. You know, all our new timers, we're like, we don't need to do that. We need to post on social media. We need to DM them. It's like, uh, uh-uh. you got to build a relationship. You got to make people feel appreciated. And I want to do a, a podcast around the loyalty gap. But and feel free to push back because this is a discussion. So one thing I've been trying to tell people, though, with regards to a blue ocean, though, you know, one of my mentors is Christopher Lockhead, and he wrote the book Play Bigger, sitting behind me, and he's the godfather of category design. And they have a pot, they have a newsletter called Category Pirates. And one of the newsletters is talking about no ocean strategy. And essentially it's challenging blue ocean because you want to make sure that it's not a blue ocean because there's no money in there. You understand what I'm saying? So you can identify a blue ocean, but then it's also like if you don't do your due diligence and be like, hey, why are people not spending in this space? You know, what is it about this, right? You'll end up swimming upstream or better yet, like not getting up at all just because there's no market opportunity there. So it's good to find a blue ocean, but at the same time, you want to make sure that there's money getting moved in that blue ocean. And that's why I mentioned about validation. You know, you have to validate the market. Like I had a theory, we went and validated it. We had paying clients who valued the service and then we were able to position them in a way that if you're a business and you're getting 50 100 calls organic every week for your business just the matter of the fact that they're speaking spanish doesn't doesn't mean that they don't have to you know that they cannot afford your business or that they're not good qualified customers so this is essentially what we did for this client 
how we validated this is we had a client that was spending a lot of money on, on ads, but no organic. I told them at a fraction of a cost of what you're spending on ads, we can match your traffic. And it took us about a year. But now he gets easily 80, 100 calls in any given week, people that are searching his services. So we validated it and we repeated it. <laughs> That's, you know, you have an idea, you have a, a, like, a, yeah, I, and I'm, there's other books, another book I'm reading recently that talks about the, the brand. It's called the, the zigzag. The oh, yeah, I got it. I got zigzag. Everybody yeah. zigging, you got a zag, but your zag, your blue ocean or your opportunity has to be a viable one. And that also from the lean startup, you know, we make a minimal viable product. We didn't spend a lot of money to, to test this. And once it worked, we realized that there's many other customers, for example, doctors and physicians who serve a Spanish-speaking community. And we have been building our portfolio on that since then. So you're right. Like, don't just spend a lot of money and effort into an idea before you validate it. As far as does it create revenue? Is there a market? Is there paying customers? And does this service provide a value to them that makes them want to keep going back to us? And that has been the, the, the case. Yo, let's break down what my man just said, right? Y'all didn't catch this because y'all have been paying attention. All right. He said his first client was a lawyer, right? That needed Spanish speaking translation on his website, SEO, et cetera. Well, one of the nice things about that, that's a professional service firm. So that's someone that can probably afford a little bit more of a premium price point than say like a bodega. And so then he said, guess what? He could start looking at other opportunities, doctor's offices, dentists, et cetera. My man, like, high five, my brother. Pound it. But I try to tell people this again. It's like when you start to develop your marketing strategy and your perfect customer, right? Who are you going after? Can they afford your products or services? And so what you identified in that space is that like, these professionals, they're getting a lot of traffic, you know, and that's probably why they came to you is because they get the calls. People are walking in, right? So they're seeing this opportunity there. And now we need to help them, you know, become more tech enabled and, and get that front and center on their website and their SEO. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, how does how does this bring value to my customers? You know, I wanted to get into an industry that... Uh, I wasn't affecting the environment or other people. I wanted to get into a business that was give me sustenance, but also that makes an impact for for businesses. So, you know, there is a, a saying out there that salespeople are, are bad and marketing agencies are bad and that they're just a waste of dollars. But if this was the case, our my clients wouldn't be with us two or three, four years now. And it's the value that we provide for them is, you know, you were saying how to keep the customer loyal to you. Yeah, there's things that you can do outside of your value to kind of build a relationship. But when your customer knows that they're receiving a huge value and for 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 my cases, if every phone call that you get is a thousand potential dollars. Right. And out of 10 people that call you, you can close one. So 10 people call you. That's a thousand dollars because you can close one. If you have a hundred people calling you in a week, that's ten thousand dollars, right? And I could probably my value in there, I can charge 10, 20 percent of that. And and that's just you know, this the, the value that we provide for them, I try to make it is 10x, whatever. That's our goal. Now it doesn't always work that way, but if we're able to create a service line or a business that the, the the customer relies on like my customers now depend on that website traffic that organic traffic and that's what keeps them real coming back keeping us on board because we become an integral part of their business i like to tell them we like to be your remote digital marketing department we do digital so that you don't have to all with all, all the the job of the business owner becomes is following up on the leads. And uh, that's that's a whole different subject. See? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I do the same thing. I did it today. You know, I want to be, you know, uh, uh, their media team. Yeah, you know? exactly. A lot of our listeners, they don't have marketing teams. 
You know, a lot of times it's the founder that's out there hooking and jabbing solo dolo, right? Maybe they've got an admin or maybe they got another somebody else, but like nobody at their team is doing consistent marketing. So what I like to do is attach us and let us do that. Let's help you automate your marketing through podcasts and then create other assets around it, like a newsletter and engaging on social media, et cetera. Um, So I'm spot on with you right there. Now, I appreciate you because I am a contrarian when it comes to SEO. I've always been like, SEO is bullshit. You know, just get up there, you know, make your little Yelp page, your Google page, keep it simple. You don't need to hire somebody for SEO because for a lot of early stage founders, right, nobody's looking for them. You know, they're spending all this time on SEO and all this other stuff and they got money. They don't have money in the bank account. But I never thought of it from your lens of like, yo, there are people that are literally searching for Spanish speaking doctors and lawyers, et cetera. So now I'm like, okay, this is really helping me enhance my toolkit of if you have something where people are like, that is a little dog whistle. Like they're literally typing in Google for what you have to offer because it provides a functional benefit like roadside assistance in Newark, New Jersey. You probably need to invest in SEO. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, Yes. And because I'm introducing a new category with this dog whistle branding, not a lot of people are necessarily searching for dog whistle branding per se. So I'm educating, I'm creating articles around it, but I haven't invested in the SEO around it. So, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like four founders that don't have a lot of money, right? And they've got to prioritize like their marketing efforts. How do you see that priority? Yeah. Okay. So as far as SEO, it is something that is is cost. It it takes a cost to, and time energy is a lot of effective SEO. Essentially, it's like you make podcast in SEO. We write articles that are relevant to the keywords, and if it's like making a podcast every day. So you have a client that is really aggressive. He might publish a podcast every day for seven days, and after a year, his results will show. Right. But if you have a customer that's publishing one podcast a month or once a week, the results will not be the same. So as far as SEO, how aggressive you want to be, definitely you have to have a budget. But for founders, my advice would be it's better to focus in sales. Than say it again. Oh, this is what I'm talking about, Juan. My man. Say, say it again, Juan. Yeah, say it for the people. Focus in sales, focus in sales uh, before SEO or 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 branding you know, or anything. Yeah. I gotta tell you, my I couldn't pay my rent. This is 2018 January, right? And I mean, I, I not that I couldn't. I was I had to pay it in the next day, and I had been laid off from the marketing nonprofit world, and I had to go close a deal to pay my rent, right? I sold the website. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a logo. I didn't even have a bank, a business bank account. But my sales process that I have been doing for so long for AT&T and all the other jobs I had, I applied it for myself. It's a five-step sales process from opening to close. I close on one deal. I watched a video on this way to this meeting, how to close a deal in one meeting. I went through my process, got a check that paid my rent. And change my life forever. Because from then on, I realized that if you can build relationships and you have a sales process, you can sell websites without a website. You can sell logos without a logo. You can, I actually, for the first year and a half of business, I didn't have a website and I was selling them like hotcakes. Uh, <laughs> because I focused on sales. And once I had revenue, then I was able to focus on branding and website and all the other cool things that come with marketing. Dude, I did the same thing with Ironbound Media. You know, I keep telling people I sucked at sales. It was like not my thing. I was scared of it. Now, get me out of non-revenue generating conversations. You know, that's what I tell my admin. Get me out of non-revenue generating conversations. And I don't mean to say that facetiously. It's just like we only have so much time, effort, and attention. I spend my mornings writing and creating content. I can't do that being in and out of meetings all day, you know? So, you know, I try to call people when I'm like commuting to the gym or something, you know, just kind of catch up and have conversations and stuff. But you've got to drive sales, man. You got to drive sales. 
And I was the anti-sales guy, bro. But, you know, Bill, shout out to Bill, my mentor, you know, my coach, man, he really kind of helped me lean in on that. And my five, I have a process for driving sales and I call it the customer activation cycle where you take a prospect to a customer, a warm prospect and convert them to a customer. What's your five-step uh, sales process? Good to go. So I, it's called the consultative sales process. And by no means, this is not something I created. This is, I got this from my MBA. I got an MBA in sales and business development. There is a national competition of sales. And you can research this and they meet every year in college students who are in sales. They go to this competition and they judge you on five steps. Intro, discovery, solution, overcoming objections and close. And we can break that down a little bit. Intro is building rapport. Just building rapport, getting to know people, their names, what they're about, instead of scheduling enough, making up enough interest to set up a discovery meeting, right? Building rapport and always, always, always set up and schedule a meeting, right? Okay, some of us are good at that. I was good at doing that just socially without sales. I can schedule a meeting. Okay, I used to have those meetings, but I would end that meeting with nothing, no business, no nothing. So I had to go back to the process, a discovery. The discovery becomes the most important thing to me because that's when I find out the needs of the client. And my ever since I started my company as a founder, kind of my, my productivity of my week was based on how many discovery meetings did I have on any given week, <laughs> right? Because if you already have five or 10 discovery meetings in one week, then that means that you, you have the opportunity to close you have a, but if you have zero discovery, zero close. Discovery meetings became the bread and butter. I love to go meet with people, ask them about their business, ask them about what marketing they've done, what issues are they're facing, and what are their goals. I I want to. I basically during a discovery, I don't speak. I let the customer speak. And the keywords, the 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 key terms for a discovery meeting is tell me more. Tell me more, Mr. Customer Prospect. Not only are you qualifying them if they're a good fit for you, you're finding out everything they've done, what their issues, what their problems. So intro discovery, that discovery turns into a solution. When I first started, I would do this in one meeting, but now I usually schedule a solution meeting from the discovery. Discovery, find out as much, set up a a solution meeting. That's where I'm going to present my proposal. But the solution meeting depends on the discovery, because if you don't do your, your discovery well, your solution will, will not be on point. But if you do your discovery very well, your solution meeting will most likely be right on point to fit the needs of the buyer. During the, the solution stage, you present your pricing, you present your product. The fourth step is overcoming objections. Now, you can skip this step. It could be a four-step process if you skip this one. How do you skip overcoming objections? You have a really good discovery. If your discovery is so well, your solution is so on point, there will be no objections. And I've had this happen, right? But if you didn't do your discovery well and you forgot to ask something, you forgot to ask who's the my, by making the buying decision or to, on, to open up an a issue that the customer had, then they're going to have objections. Part of sales is overcoming objections, right? You do your solution, you show your pricing, and the customer has an objection. It's not always about pricing. It could be about time. It could be about something they're not sure about. These objections are good because you probably will see them again. And the more that you practice your objections or overcoming your objections, the more you would already ahead of time put them into your solution. So the more objections that you have, the better you get at creating discovery into your presentation. And of course, once you over, over, over uh, the last step is close. We go from discovery, solution, overcoming objections, and the close. If they don't have objections, that means they're ready for the close. If you show pricing, you show your services, and they're like, you know, I love this. What do I need to get started? That's a warm, a closing cue. All you need is, you know, we go into our steps. If they have objections, it's something I used to do in my sales world, what we call it like rehash, revamp, reclose, like you put them back in the closing loop. But um, the whole point of setting up all these discovery meetings 
If I set up 10 discovery meetings, I'm hoping to have at least 50% close. But to get to that close, I have to do the discovery, solution, and the close. So my life became based around those five steps that not only grew my business, gave me freedom, allowed me to make my schedule, and also impact many other people, uh, not only in my team, but all those clients that come with us, I can almost uh, uh, rest assured all that any time that uh, we are providing invaluable sources and, and, and value to our customers. Uh, so, you know, when people say sales, sales is bad, digital marketing is bad. If you're offering something that impacts the lives of the people, it's actually good. It makes you feel good. And customers are really appreciate you as well. And that's, that's part of, you know, through that process of the five-step qualifying and making sure you're a good fit. Um, one thing I've learned that your company values, you know, we're in from the Marine Corps. What keeps people in the Marine Corps? Is the people that share the values with the Marine Corps. What keeps people in the Army? People that share values with the Army. What keeps customers with my company is that we share similar values. Not only my employees, not only our employees share the values of the company, but we also try to find customers who have similar values because that makes a long-term relationship. That's why branding is so important. So I know early on you were like, oh, don't invest in branding. My ver dog whistle branding is different than this other brand out here. We're not just talking about logos and feel good stuff. I'm talking about what is your purpose? You know, who is your perfect customer? Right. Do we have a how are we communicating with that perfect customer? You know, do we have a brand that says, take my money? You're for me. You know, bilingual digital marketing. Yo, take my money. You better believe when somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, Mike, we need you to do this strategy session or we need a, a podcast. You know, do you speak Spanish? I'm going to say no, but I know someone who does. You get what I'm saying? And let's all eat. Yes, you know what sir. I mean? Let's all eat one. You know, and guess what? I'm the kind of guy, right? Even if I can't serve that client, I say when I do, you know, when I do my discovery calls, I try to determine whether or not I'm a good fit, if I can help them. And even if I can't help them personally, I figure out a way to help them either way by referencing someone like you or referencing someone over here. So it goes back to what you were saying was like, yo, sales is, doesn't have to be sleazy. It's really just about helping people. Yes. And you just ability, like, I'm just, I'm thinking of one of your clients who's probably says, I'm really struggling closing sales. You know, just the fact that you'd be able to break this down for me, I can imagine the kind of value that you bring to your clients to help them go through this process easier, you know? So when they do get that intro, right, based off of your marketing stuff, your marketing activities, you're helping them think through, hey, what makes that, what makes people fired up for that warm intro? or as they're heading into that discovery, because I'm assuming that you don't close everyone in a single day, right? Yes, you're right. You're right. A lot of times we spread this out over a week and it be two weeks. In an ideal world, that perfect customer, you got me thinking out loud. I'm like, yo, man, maybe I should increase my 30-minute intro to an hour and just, boom, <laughs> go through right away. But honestly, this content and a lot of the other stuff I do by the time people show up to that intro call, they are a lot more prepared, you know, because they understand, right? So they've already kind of gone through that process. And they understand the solution. So, you know, but you've got me really thinking, but the fact that you're able to bring this to your clients, you're able to help them think through that strategy, right? Like this is a freaking masterclass on, um, on closing, man. It, man, it's it's really been a, a, a if it, it's it's changed my life personally. Uh, and we do consult our clients on you know we many many a job as a digital marketing agency is to bring in leads, right? That's kind of because I have a sales MBA and sales background. My digital marketing strategy has and and with my partners, I've always been focused around affecting the bottom line. Are we driving leads? And that process we've honed it out as well, but we've we've learned that not every customer is ready to handle all the leads. Yeah. And uh, because of that, we're actually piloting a new service line where we answer the phone for the client, we set up the meeting, we warm them up, and now the customer just has to make a discovery. So we'll take care of the first two. Uh, you know, the lead comes in, we follow up, or we answer the phone, we set up the meeting because not. 
even though people have a business, not all of them have the sales process understood. Um, and you know, on on all of this, you know, when you mentioned earlier, hey, there's a customer out there that wants to pay for Spanish bilingual digital marketing. And how does this work? For us personally, we you know when we really got truly validated is when we were able to pick up Pepsi as a client, and they were looking for exactly what we did, and, and it was a great fit on a on a on a we're a part of a program that everything goes well. It will be five year a, a contract or five year program through the, through Pepsi. So and we got that uh, uh, through. You know, we have a term called the term called Spanish SEO, right? It's called it's Spanish search engine optimization. If you type the term Spanish SEO on Google right now, you will probably see Alpha Co Marketing as the top, as the top. Because after a year, two years of now building up my sales, I knew it was time now to reinvest now into marketing and branding. And so we started writing our own blogs and started doing our own marketing, our own website. And we invested on the key term on our Spanish SEO. Pepsi was looking for uh, an agency who was able to provide Spanish marketing for their, they're having a program called Juntos Crecemos that benefits restaurant owners, bodega owners who are of Hispanic or black, uh, 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 that they identify as Hispanic or black. So, Pepsi was looking for an agency that was able to provide the services, the Spanish SEO and Spanish websites. They were searching, they found us, and because we were prepared now after three years of honing in on the sales process, they really, they appreciated our the way we uh, accepted them as a lead. They appreciated how we did our, our, our discovery meeting. A presentation meeting I got with my board, my co-founders. We actually worked together on the proposal and we rehearsed it. And it was three of us in a room and one of us would act like we're the Pepsi person and ask the hard questions. We, we honed that in. By the time we made it into the, the, the solution meeting, they really loved us. And we had targeted our presentation based on the needs of the program. Uh, for example, they were looking to, this program was for restaurant owners. So we changed our packages instead of basic, premium, and platinum. We called it desayuno, lonche, y comida, o cena, which is the Spanish words for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? So instead, we made our packages that included our website SEO, but we titled them specifically for people who were in restaurant owners or the program, it, it would relate to them. And they, the, the, the sourcing manager, they, they contacted us and said, we love your proposal and we love that you changed the names to the names of meals in Spanish. We went through and uh, by the time we got on officially with the program, I could tell you, Mike, that, uh, uh, you know, it kind of it doubled our revenues month to month. Hell Just yeah. See, and... But you, we had to be prepared for it. All those other three years of working on the sales process, by the time this contract came along or this opportunity, we were ready. We had our contracts. We had our proposals. We had our overcoming our objections. Any objections that you can throw at us, we already had practice overcoming the objections. And we were professional. We were ready. We're not only with the performance, we had already performed our services. But our, our sales process was had been honed in, and now at this stage, now we're looking to gain more clients as such. You know, there could be 10, 20 more potential clients, uh, um, which leads me now I'm getting more into government contracting and, and, and the such. So we're going to add a new subtitle. I'm going to subtitle. Let me rephrase this. Million Dollar Insights. Whenever you hear me say Million Dollar Insights, you get out some pen and paper you know, you should have pen and paper already because I've been taking notes the entire time Juan's been talking. <laughs> a million dollar insight for me is what you just said about the packages. Because, you know, when I launched Ironbound Media, I was bronze, silver, and platinum. Podcasts like a platinum album, right? But we got into more so working with veteran-owned businesses and uh, early stage startups, right? So now I'm thinking out loud, like, I should update my package. Like, 
Alpha Company, Bravo Company, you know, start speaking your perfect customer's language, right? That's a million dollar insight for me. And I got a question for you. And I actually wanted to go back to two part question. That first client before, I'm gonna ask this one first, better yet. So when you, when you were getting ready to pitch Pepsi, did you have a conceptual agreement of what the price point would be? Or did you have the price in the proposal? So, like, did you have a rough estimate of what their budget was, you know, um, what you were going for? Because I try to tell people when you go into a proposal, when you fire up that proposal, you should know, you know, there should be a conceptual agreement. Like, you understand that this is what we charge. It's already talked about. There's no guesses versus just sending off like this, throwing it in the air, you know, and seeing what they come back with. So talk to us about the pricing and how you knew what to charge and everything. Yes, sir. So I, you know, I've learned that the bigger the client, the longer more meetings is going to take to close. So my first meeting, I closed in one meeting. That's that's a rarity. But if you, the bigger enterprise clients, it's gonna we met for like three months before we actually close, and you have to be ready for that. Somebody told me you have to work on getting your small clients so that they can support you enough so that you have the time to get the bigger clients because those are going to take longer to close. So when it came to uh, uh, Pepsi, did we know the proposal and have we agreed on the pricing and the budget? During those three months of kind of courting and uh, they were getting to know us and us, them, we would ask those questions. Uh, and at some point we build enough rapport where we let, where we, we design a proposal not knowing what the budget was, right? So we sent out, that's what we send the three packages. They came back to us and they say, we like your packages and we're kind of, the middle price is kind of what we're, they, you know, they, they hinted to us that out of the three packages, the middle one was the one that they were looking for. So we re, by the time they asked us for an RFP, which is, you know, I will, you know, that's the ideal position when they asking you, like we have, we have to do an RFP, but we need you to fill this up. By that time we came to that point, we had already we already knew what the what the budgets, the expectations, what they want out of the program. We even removed some of the services from, from our initial proposal. You know, for example, we had added e-commerce to our initial proposal, but we realized that they don't need e-commerce, it's restaurants. They don't so we focus more on websites and SEO. So yes, through that process of building rapport and qualifying, if you build enough good relationship with the other counterparty or with the other party, they will hint to you what expectations and what kind of numbers they expect once that you get the official document on their hands. And if you're able to build that relationship and it's uncomfortable, but ask the question, you will be surprised. They will hint, at least hint to you what, what the numbers are. Million dollar insight right there. Talk to your customer. You got to talk, but shut up. (laughs) Tell me more. Shut up. (laughs) Be quiet, you know, yes, just listen, yes. get them on and start talking to them and listening. You know, everybody's trying to, we're, we can do this, we can do that. We can just listen oh, to them. Yes. During a discovery meeting, I write on my notebook. You know, I always write on my notebook at the top. Tell me more, exclamation mark, because that reminds me that if I find myself speaking, I need to switch it up and ask them, tell me more. They should be the ones speaking. Uh, and the more you do that, the more insights you have on the more higher chances of closing. The more they speak, the more they speak, the more chances you have of closing. Let me ask you this. When you do marketing today, right? So like you're looking at your week, right? What are you spending time on, right? What are, what do you do to market for your agency? Okay. Uh, me personally, I've, uh, my style is a lot about building relationships. So I, I uh, have, events that I go to. I'm part of networking uh, groups. I have, I'm part of, you know, BNI in Houston, Bunker Labs, Chamber of Commerce. I have my own nonprofit where I go feed the homeless and I'm part of my faith community. So I have a huge networks that I'm part of and I'm just present at those, at those events, either volunteering or just being present. And that drives a lot of leads. I'm very relationship driven. But aside from that, we do have a team of cold callers. We have a team that's writing blogs. So I've 
me, I do revenue generating activities personally because that's I love building relationships. But as we've grown, we have hired team of uh, salespeople that just kind of call all day. Uh, we also have writers who write our blogs uh, because I I don't like. Not that I don't like to, but it's just not as valuable for me to spend as much time on doing the cold calls or or um, writing the blogs. Although those things have huge value, and I do one hour a week. I hop on with my whole with the whole sales team, and we do uh, cold calls over Zoom, right? So that everybody is like it's like going to the range just because. We're gunning now, or you're this company CEO. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to the range and get some and show the guys that you can also put rounds on target too. So I, every week we have one hour where we do open cold calling. All of us share tips, tricks. Um, but for me personally, a lot of it is going to events, just being there, and that drives a lot of conversations. But uh, we've built this since the beginning of my company. We kind of built two departments. One is the sales department, and one is the implementation department. Nowadays, we're growing into more. But from the founding, sales and implementation. On the sales side, we have I have another business partner who also does sales, and so we're we have we're in in his does his style of things. He goes to golf events. He's he's in the network of doctors. I'm in another different world. Uh, so what I do is relationship driven, and I try to set up as many discovery meetings. That's my week. It's about going on networking events and setting up discovery meetings. If I have five events and I have zero discovery meetings, I wasn't a good week, <laughs> right? Like it's good. I went did all of that. If I have one event and I have five discovery meetings. That's success. That's a great event. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's funny hearing you talk because, you know, I read, I try to stay very well read. So I read all the new literature and everything. But when you read, you look at the way old timers used to do business, you know, like Bill, <laughs> my co-host, right? They get out and talk to people. Bill would get clients just walking in and just talking to people in his town. And it's like our generation that thinks we can just create social media accounts and stuff. But I think it's the superpower of getting out there and understanding that like business is a contact sport. You got to be front and center. You got to get out there and learn from people. And the fact that like you've nailed down on that, I've nailed down on that. That's why I had this podcast. I'm reading uh, Chet Holmes, The Ultimate Sales Machine, Turbocharger Business with Relentless Focus on 12 Key Strategies. I read this book three years ago and he was talking about you got to have ruthless pig-headed discipline and determination to drive sales, but I wasn't in a space to receive it. I was still too new. Now I'm going back, bro, not only am I reading this book again for the second time, I'm listening to it on audio. So I'm like, I'm like owning this and I'm about to get Ogilvy on marketing. I mean, Ogilvy on advertising. So it's like cool to hear you talk about it. And I want my listeners to understand of like, yes, having a dope ass website is amazing, right? But you need a brand because when you go to these events, what are you talking about? What is it that you do? Do you have a strong one-liner? You know, do you have your, are you positioned in the market currently? Like in the commodity space where there's all these different little agencies out there, or say you're not an agency, you could be a coffee company or whatever you're doing. How are you separating yourself from all these different ones out there? And how are you able to communicate that? You know, and then what, you know, purpose driven, like what, what's your why, you know? And do you have a brand personality? You know what, you know, do I be like, damn, like you're for me. So I'm just, I'm man, I'm just fired up talking about this because um, I think it's important for our listeners to understand. And you just gave a masterclass on sales and marketing and early on sales and marketing go hand in hand because now we're talking to people, we're closing deals. Now when you start making your marketing assets, guess what? You know, you got real feedback. So you got a better understanding of what you're looking for and who you're marketing to. You're right. You're right. And that's kind of our goal for the first year, two year of business was get us, get in the market. I didn't know which industry I was going to serve at first. I found out that lawyers, 
doctors. They made good partners for me. But in the beginning, I, I was doing bakery shops. I was, But it was the market telling me where to go. I, I started doing a lot of different businesses. But as I did that repetitively, I realized more and more who my ideal client was, who I could say yes to, who, who I needed to refer. Uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, as a founder, my weekly business schedule became around sales. But, uh, but that's because of my style. I have business partners who are different. And I do want to mention that even though that I focus on networking, it doesn't mean that, for example, the, the, the SEO that we do, that's very important and all of the other marketing, uh, just as a founder, it's very, once you grow, once you get to a certain level, you can hire salespeople, networkers, but in the beginning, it, it, it depended on us. And it was like me motivating my co-founders, letting them know, look, we could do this. I would actually go take one of my co-founders who had a 4.0 GPA and would, had really nice lucrative job offers, but I took him with me to close deals got the checks, split the money with him. And I said, I told him, you know, like there's money in this. We just got to do it more often. And at some point he came to me to my apartment. He said, I burned the ships. Forget job interviews. Forget all of that. We're doing this. And Mike, for now three years plus, we have not stopped and it's transformed our lives. And I attribute a lot of this to to just the sales process. Um, Yes, sales, but, you know, for example, we don't take companies that are startups. We usually take companies who have already have, like, over a million in revenue because they can afford better what we do. And I had to learn that in the beginning I wanted to help startups, but I learned that they just, you know, tell my clients they they pay a 1000 to 4000 or more a month for their marketing. A startup doesn't, doesn't really – cannot really uh, – afford that unless they got funding right and a lot of the people i've dealt with were not like funded businesses they were like you know bootstrapping you know cash strap businesses so i uh, on that role what i've done for the veteran community and for founders i uh, make myself available more as a consultant rather than trying to sell them my services because it's just if they start paying me after a few months they're just gonna stop because it's happened, you know. So also understanding your audience, understanding who you can help. And because I believe in founders, I make myself available as a consultant. And I always tell people, I will be a consultant, but if I need if I need to offer you if you need services offer, I will let you know. But most likely for founders, I'm always a stay away from, you know, focus on your sales, grow up your revenue. Once you have good revenue, then you can spend money on marketing, which is what we did. And now it's not just me doing whatever I do for the sales of the company. We have a whole different team that are doing different marketing uh, channels. Uh, it allows me to, as a founder to focus my time on what I like to do to lead, but also I just find more satisfaction on, on sticking to what I do well and not having to do postings and blogs and stuff. I, I'm not as good at that. My man learned how to stay in his zone of genius. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Networking is your zone of genius, you know. Podcasting yeah, and creating content for me is being my zone of, is my zone of genius, man. And uh, I'm serious, y'all. This has been a master class. My man Juan, we ran each other down there in Austin. It's been fire ever since. When I hit him up online to come in and uh, be on the show, he was like, what time? You know, you tell me when we're ready. And you know what, man? We got on here, we chopped it up, and we just delivered value. Right. So like we could come on here and tell you our stories. But at the same time, it's also about like we want y'all to have information that you can go out and execute and drive revenue in your businesses and be successful. And uh, we're on a mission with this show to really learn, you know, how to build a badass brand and driving revenue. If you don't got revenue, if you don't got donations in your nonprofit, if you're not putting money in the bank account, you can't build a badass brand. And so sales is a strong part of that. You know, having a dope ass brand to drive sales is a part of that. Um, and bro, man, I just appreciate you coming on. And just so you know, you're going to be a recurring guest because I just feel like you got tons of value to offer um, to our listeners. So as we close out here, I do. I got a couple questions for you. Yes, Books, sir. Right. 
what books do you recommend for our listeners to uh, read as they try to level up their own marketing and branding? Yes, sir. Uh, I could say uh, one book that led me in the beginning of this journey is called True Dog by Phil Knight. That's the founder of Nike. It's an amazing, amazing book. I've actually, everybody that I have recommended it to, it's been uh, transformative. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. That's the story of Nike. Yeah. Um, and, uh, another book is uh, The Heart and the Mind of the Negotiator. That is another book that is more from school, but I, I, I still use it to this day. Um, and The Lean Startup. You know, the Lean Startup, although it's more based for, like, software businesses, it's a concept, a framework that any business can use when they're getting started. So that's some of the books that really transform. Chew Dog, the Lean Startup, and the Heart and the Mind of the Negotiator. How can our audience support you in AlphaCo Marketing? What do you need? Sir, um, don't call me sir, man. We, I know we're too. You see, this is what happens. You get Marines on here. He's like, Hey, sir, what's going on? I'm like, No, we are peers. We are peers. Yeah, you, yes, you, sir. you got that Pepsi money. You're printing Pepsi money right now. So, you know, that's what we call you, sir. It's it's a really from my roots. I, where I'm from, it's a sir, ma'am type of <laughs> roots. Uh, you know, just connect. I'm on LinkedIn, Juan Pablo Osorio. My, my website is Alpha Co Marketing. If you ever need a Spanish, uh, uh, any uh, part of your marketing strategy to target the Hispanic speakers, I would love to have a conversation, consult with you, and uh, and share ideas. Uh, and if I can serve you in any way in your business, please connect with me. Uh, LinkedIn, website. Um, yes. And then um, I want to give a shout out to Mike for having this platform. Uh, for business owners and for veterans. Uh, thank you, Mike. You've been an inspiration for me for many years before I even met you. And it was one of my goals to be in your podcast. So I think today, man, we, we could check it off the box. And now I got to put a new few goals to follow up on that. Man, you're coming back. Don't, don't, don't just jump <laughs> on and then leave me hanging. You know, because, you know, you, you, man, you just brought tons of value to our audience and it's an honor. I'm so glad to have you in my circle. And I will tell y'all, man, like anybody I bring on this platform, please reach out to them if you can benefit from their products or services. You know, I, I really do try to keep a closed circle, you know? And so if they come on the show, right, then, you know, I trust them, you know, which I think things you can trust them. So reach out to them. Like I said before, too, if you need help with your, uh, branding and positioning, you know, I'm doing consultations around that, right? I, at Dog Whistle, I mean, at Ironbound Media, we primarily focus on podcast production, but I'm actually working with Bill to build out some strategy packages because I've had so many people, you know, reach out to me that really need help with that branding and marketing, you know, that branding and positioning correction. Because like you said, like, guess what? Some people, they need that customer activation. They don't even need a podcast yet. You know, let's dial in your messages, let's dial in your positioning, and we can build from there. And even designing categories, too. What category are you going to play in? Are you going to play in an existing category, which I don't recommend? Are you going to modify a category? Are you going to start a new category? So I like to talk and work with y'all through that. So if me and my team can help, we'd love to be able to do so. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us on uh, LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman or shoot me an email at Mike at WeAreIronBound.com. We also got the Dog Whistle Branding newsletter going dropping every Tuesday morning. So make sure you subscribe to that at the link in the show notes and uh, reach out to Juan, reach out to me. We're here until next week, y'all stay safe. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Thank you.